Hello, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy the la- to the last day of June. Tomorrow will be July 1st, which, you know, I'm sad tomorrow is not going to be like the normal July 1st where, you know, we would be glued to our phones starting around 9 a.m. in the morning till about 3 or 4 p.m. as it would be a typical free agent frenzy with Bob McKenzie, Pierre McGuire, Elliot Freeman, Frank Cervelli, and a bunch of others would just be tweeting out the contracts that a lot of players will be signing on that day. Um, it, July 1st has always been one of the best days. I've, I've always made it known to like the workplace that I wor- I've worked at like the past few years that, yeah, I'm going to take off July 1st. So when they ask why, I'm like, you know, just, just for family stuff, not knowing that, you know, it's basically it's just a full day to just stalk Twitter the whole day. But um, yeah, that, that day is just so much fun. It sucks that we're not going to have our first free agent frenzy on July 1st this year. But um, here's to hoping we do get a big free agent frenzy at some point this year, whether it's in October, November, whenever. But still, I thought I would um, talk about that for just a little bit to open up this show. As always, the show is brought to you by Built Bar. And yeah, we have a lot to get to today. It's been a while since I spoke to you guys. Uh, What was it, Thursday? Yeah, I didn't have an episode on Friday. I was going to record one with a buddy on Friday, but um, he couldn't at the last minute. So we were going to do like a live, like, well, not a live but I'm just a post um, lottery reaction. But I guess I'll just give you guys that right now. Oh man, that that was fun to watch. I don't know about you all, but that was just fun to watch, especially because the Senators they had those two top five, top ten picks, and so one of the Senators picks gets put in there. It's like okay, you know the Senators, you know they'll probably pick top four, or whatever. And the the funniest part of that whole thing was the number four spot comes up for the lottery, and it's like oh my god, if this is Detroit, Twitter is going to melt. Red Wings fans are going to melt, and it's just. And I, I had the um, the locked on live show um, where the two Red Wings guys pulled up, and I'm just like, oh my god, if they are number four here, I cannot wait to see the reaction. Sure enough, Twitter blew up. The two Red Wings guys on Locked On Red Wings they blew up, and you know all the all the conspiracies coming out. You know it's rigged. You know fix the lottery system. It was it was hilarious to read. And, you know, in a way, like, I do really feel bad for Red Wings fans. You know, a team that was one of the worst teams in modern NHL history. I mean, God sakes, people, they didn't even win 20 games this season. They were just a truly awful, awful hockey team. You cannot put their suckness just into words just because they sucked so, so, so bad. I think it was, what, 17 wins It was the, the actual number. I know it was below 25. I believe it was around 17 wins. Yeah, that's that's pretty embarrassing. Um I don't know if they should do it the way the NFL does. The NFL just rewards the worst team for being, you know, bad. They get the number one overall pick. But, you know, there might be some changes that they may need to do to the lottery. I mean, I do think it is kind of bullshit. I mean, I guess we'll just get into it now that a team like the Penguins or the Maple Leafs or the Oilers, if they lose their play-in series game, they will each have, if all three of those teams lose, they will each have a 12.5% chance to win the number one overall pick. I'm sorry. That's not really fair. I mean, it would be funny if the Penguins somehow won it. You know, we're going to get into that talk in a little bit here. But just because, you know, the conspiracies would come out. But still, them winning it or Toronto or Edmonton, especially Edmonton after that many number one picks they've won. Um, just them winning it, I, it just wouldn't sit well with me. And I'm sure, of course, a lot of people too. Now, would it sit well with people with Team Chaos? Absolutely. Team Chaos is always funny. But um, 
a team like the Red Wings, who has been desperate for another franchise player in, um, in Alexis Lafreniere, the fact that they're going to pick fourth and a team from the play-in losers that basically made the playoffs this season, or, I mean, if we weren't in a pandemic, a team that was potentially going to be a playoff team in the 16-team playoff is going to get Alexis Lafreniere. Um, yeah, that, that's that's pretty embarrassing. You know, it's not really a good look for the league. Um, of course, you know, when you have the number three pick, so it's like, okay, you have... The, the playing team is at the top three pick. Then you have LA and Ottawa. I'm like, okay, you, you can't, you cannot have the playing team get the number one pick, right? So Ottawa gets three. It's like, okay, so let's. You know, everyone, then everyone's like, okay, if Los Angeles gets two, it's it's going to commence. And like I said, sure enough, it happened. Los Angeles gets two. I mean, they're still going to get a really, really good player in number two. I think they're going to get Quentin Byfield. Um, that's just that's what I'm reading, and that's what's what I'm seeing on a, a bunch of um. Kings websites, a bunch of mock drafts and all that. And, I mean, the, the Kings are going to be pretty decent, I think, in the next few years, especially if they're able to shed Drew Doughty's contract and maybe shed Jonathan Quick. Um, they may have a really deep uh, pool of prospects. Kopitar is still on, Zay Kopitar. Dustin Brown is still okay. Um, yeah, they, they're, they're young, too. They're, they're going to be good, I think, in the next maybe three to four years with the way Rob Blake is rebuilding that team. I've, I've actually really liked the way he's doing, but still... Um, what a weird, crazy NHL draft lottery night. That was absolutely hilarious. So I guess we can get into it now for what does it mean for the Penguins? So obviously, you know, if the Penguins win, they move on. They're not in the draft lottery. But if they lose to Montreal, um, like I said, they have a 12.5% chance to win the number one overall pick. Basically, so whoever loses the um, play-in series, they will have a second draft lottery. The eight teams will have an equal percent chance. They'll draw one team out of however they do the lottery, and that team will get the number one pick in the NHL draft. So this begs the question what a lot of people are saying, well, should the Penguins tank the series? You know, should should they just lose on purpose? No. I'm, I'm going to say no. You know, I'm, I'm someone I hate losing more than I love to win, even though it's during a pandemic year where there's, you know, who, who knows who's going to win it? Who knows if we're going to have a season? We're going to have more on that coming up in the next segment, actually. But still, you know, I'd much rather be Montreal. You know, Montreal's not good. Hell, I think Montreal, they should honestly tank this series just because I think they need Alexis Lafreniere more than I think almost any team in that play-in. I think they definitely need him more than most. You know, the, the Habs, they need that next franchise player. I don't think they have that true number one elite talent on their team. I know they have a bunch of pretty good players, but still, they don't have like that elite player that Alexis Lafreniere could be. So I think, you know, it would maybe be prudent for the Habs to lose that series and kind of tank it. I mean, I know their fans. I, you just you could read the tweets under the Montreal Canadiens Twitter. Lose, tank, don't even bother showing up. Lose, lose, please stop. Don't win. Don't win. It, was just, it was really funny to read those. But still, if the Penguins, though, do lose the series and they get the number one overall pick, you all know just what conspiracies will come out. Oh, my God, Gary Bettman loves the Penguins. Oh my god, it's rigged for the Penguins again, just like it was for Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby. Gary Bettman wanted to save the Penguins again when Sidney Crosby retires in seven years. Same with Evgeny Malkin. It will be the same recycled garbage that you've seen for so many years on Twitter.com. Now, I mean, of course, I would love it because I would just watch Twitter melt and it would be so on brand for what 2020 has brought us. But, I mean, do I think that the Penguins will get the number one overall pick? No, because I really don't think it's that likely that they would lose to the Montreal Canadiens if they resume the season. The Canadiens are just really not that good. I know Carey Price is Carey Price, but still he has not really been that good the last couple of seasons. And I think the Penguins stepped it forward. And 
their strength on defense besides Jack Johnson, um, they can beat the Canadians, even though the Penguins do have a couple of bit of questions in that, but still. So basically those are my thoughts on that and the whole draft lottery situation. Um, team chaos happened. It was absolutely hilarious. And um, could we see potentially more team chaos coming in the near future? You know, who knows? So that, that's going to be really funny to see what happens with the second draft lottery. Um, if the season is resumed now, if it's not resumed, apparently I think the four teams, I think it's based off how you did during the regular season. So I think it's teams nine through 12 in the East that would have an equal chance. And then nine through 12 in the West. So I believe it's basically the eight, uh, teams that would not have been in the 16 team playoff would each have a 12.5% chance, um, to win the number one overall pick. At least that's what I think I saw from Elliot Friedman. So, um, just thought I would say that as well. Also, guys, remember the Locked On Podcast Network. We stand against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Also, folks, we cannot forget about Built Bar. They are a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. We still have the offer. You can go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back here on this episode of Locked On Penguins. So we've had some hub cities. Well, well, we've had some potential getting close to announcements. And then Bob McKenzie's like, well, nope, they're not going to do this today. And then today he's like, well, we could get one today. And then it's like, nope, it looks like it's going to be delayed. I think they're basically just waiting for like the phase three and phase four protocols basically. But um, Bob did say, it sounds like they're down to four main cities. They're going to pick two of them. So Las Vegas, Toronto, Edmonton, and Chicago. So basically they're going to pick two of those Four cities. Emily Kaplan actually of ESPN had a report today. Basically, she said it looks like Vegas and Toronto are expected. I'm told that choosing the two Canadian cities is still not ruled out. I've said it many times. I'll say it again for you guys. If you guys have not heard this from me say this before, that is what the NHL should do. I have no idea why they're bothering with Las Vegas. The spikes are really, really happening there right now. Though Emily, in a follow-up tweet, she did say apparently the, the NHL feels comfortable with the bubble environment that they would be able to create there. Um, really don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. I mean, you're just going to tell them, yeah, go to Vegas, but like, you're not going to be able to do anything. So, I mean, like, that's just, um, uh, okay. I mean, just, like I said, just do Edmonton. You know, there's not really not a lot to do in Edmonton anyway. You can put the West teams there and then put the East teams in Toronto. I mean, I don't really see how it's that hard, but you know, the NHL loves to be complicated. I saw a tweet yesterday, which was honestly so true. The NHL is honestly like, procrastinating this the same way like a college or high school student is procrastinating like doing a test the day it's due or like turning in a final paper final exam the day that it's due and waiting until about like 10 o'clock 10 30 11 p.m at night i thought that was absolutely true i i have to figure out who tweeted that but that was one of the uh, i just gotta find the tweet but uh that was one of the best comparisons that i've seen because you know i was very guilty of this back in school i'm sure many of you guys that listen to this podcast have also done that at some point in your lives as well but still, you know, we could be getting this at any second now. Who knows when the Hub Cities will be announced. There was also um, an interesting thread today. Eric Engels, um, who covers the um, Montreal Canadiens, you know, Sportsnet, NHLB. Um, he actually spoke to a bunch. He's been speaking with players about who are apparently are very concerned about a return to play. He had a, basically a whole tweet thread. This was very um, interesting to read. I would say, 
Um, apparently, Eric said, you know, in one of his tweets, apparently one player said the majority of the players do not want to return to play this summer. He estimated that about 75%, so three quarters. Though they're concerned with the financial pitfalls of that decision, they're more concerned about risking contracting the virus or getting a serious injury before cramming in the 2021 season. I mean, I 100% understand that. I mean, I do think you will see some players opt out of playing. I mean, with baseball, I mean, I'm a Washington Nationals fan. Ryan Zimmerman, who has been with the franchise ever since it came back to D.C., you know, he's sitting out this season because, you know, he doesn't want to get hurt. And most of all, he does not want to contract the virus and put his family and friends in harm's way. You know, I 100% understand that decision. I respect that decision. I respect any decision from a player who does not want to play this, considering they do not want to contract the virus and put some of their family and friends in harm's way. It's 100% understandable. You can rest up, get ready for the next season. Um, I did, it was interesting with that point, you know, before cramming in the 2021 season, that was what stuck out about that as well, because of course, you know, the NHL, for some reason, they want to do a full 82 game season next year. And that would start in like December, January. And then that would probably not end until what July, what are you going to get rid of bye weeks now? I mean, that's, that's just a mess waiting to happen. I think they may honestly have to shorten the next season too. You know, you also had the, uh, the test results come back yesterday. I think the first uh, results that came in, I think 5% of the players that were tested, tested positive. And then yesterday it was up to 6%. Again, that's still too high. I had a couple friends of me say, well, you know, that's like on par with like someone like the national averages or the averages with other leagues. I'm like, I don't care. 6% is still way too high of a positive test rate. It's just, that's not, that's not good enough for me. And I don't think that's good enough for a lot of people who of course want to see this war return, but not at the expense of this. Um, another tweet from Eric Engels, apparently a player told him that some of the calls of the Players Association have been a joke and that they have only revolved around the financial situation. That's a big yikes in the chat for me if they're only really discussing money. I mean, we all know the NHL is projected to lose so much money. I think all the sports leagues are projected to lose um, a shit ton of money. But still, the fact that they're only revolving, according to a player, around the financial situation and not about the uh, the safety and stuff like that, that's... um. That, that, that doesn't sit well with me either. I think that's pretty embarrassing. There was also a text chain that um, Eric actually received from a player. Apparently, so one player said to him over text, everyone is going to play, but no one will opt out. The playoff bonus will be higher than ever. Uh, that's free money if we play. Hockey is a different culture than other sports. No one is opting out. So yes, because of hockey culture, no one will opt out. Unlike the other sports where, like I said, you're seeing Ryan Zimmerman opting out of the Nationals, Ian Desmond opting out. Um, for this season, and as well as posting a very outstanding statement about some of the issues that's plaguing this country, um, despite the pandemic that we're in. And, you know, like, they, this, this is just, like, the problem, you know, like, the players, they're going to just risk their long-term health because of the hockey culture, and, like, they know that this is a very terrible idea for them, but you know what? I guess they're just going to do it because, you know, just because of hockey culture and the way it is. And perhaps, honestly, like, the biggest tweet from this Eric says, all players I spoke with are frustrated about being kept largely in the dark about how they'll safely be able to resume play. That is unacceptable on the highest levels. How are you going to be keeping the players that play in this league in the dark about how you're safely going to be able to resume play? I really don't understand that. I think this is why these calls, they cannot be just an executive board call. You need to have a lot more players on these calls so that they can voice their criticisms, voice their concerns about all this and let the other players that, you know, probably are more positive about this, let them hear it so that there's another side to it. But, you know, I guess the executive board call 
is really not doing that, I guess. It's just, it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Like that, that tweet just really, really honestly pissed me off because, you know, if the players are getting, being kept largely in the dark about it, that's just unacceptable. I mean, I think I, I remember reading in Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts. I think there's, there's going to be a whole vote that has to pass about this. I'm going to be curious to see if a lot of player concerns are brought up during that vote. If some of those calls are going to get pretty raucous. I didn't see in Freeman's 31 thoughts report that apparently the Canadians call was pretty raucous. I mean, you did see me, you saw Carey Price last week, guys, who the Penguins, of course, will play with the Canadians if the season resumes. He didn't really seem like he was too thrilled with the season resuming, that he has to leave his family. You saw, um, if you guys didn't see, he had a very heartfelt Instagram post about his family. You know that he has to leave his family to go to Montreal to start practicing again because training camps, I think, are expected to open now in 10 days. I think it's about a week and a half now um, that training camps are expected to open. But Bob McKenzie did say yesterday, I think they could potentially push that back three to five days. Ellie Friedman also said that in his 31 thoughts. Um few days prior to that too I'll say this though to uh, wrap up this segment um i would love for live sports to return at some point this season i know a lot of you guys um would want live sports to return as soon as possible but you know we're not going to be able to do that until a lot more people start taking this pandemic more seriously it has been three months this thing is not going away it is spiking in so many parts of this country right now i'm lucky that it's not in virginia i want people to stay the hell out of my state but still, you know, I know this is just me ranting, but please, when you go out, wear a goddamn mask and social distance. Please do not go out to bars and party your ass off or throwing house parties with all these people. You're just contributing to the problem. You know, at this rate, you know, there's not, maybe not even going to be a college football season. You know, we're not gonna, even going to have fans allowed to be in the stadiums for NFL games, football games. Hell, we may not be able to have fans back in games um, if for the 2021 NHL season if we're just going to continue down this path. So please, limit the spread of this thing. Wear a mask when you go out, and please, for the gut love of God, social distance. We continue. If we do that, we will get fans back in games a lot sooner than later. I'll just, I'll, I'll end with that. But with that said, let's talk about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know if we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, for this last segment, um, I know I didn't record yesterday, but yesterday was the anniversary of the Phil Kessel trade. Uh, Josh Shelley of The Athletic wrote a magnificent piece on the trade. You know, some theories that were basically, I guess, rampant after the trade happened. He actually was able to speak to Jim Rutherford. I think Rick Tockett was also interviewed for the story, a bunch more. Um, It was a really, really great story. I urge you guys to definitely check it out. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I still miss Phil Kessel a bunch, you know what I mean? But, you know, the thing with Phil Kessel is they brought him here to win championships and do his part. He did his part, and in a big way, he brought this team two more Stanley Cups, and it was it was a wild, wild ride. Um, I know it probably ended a little bit too soon. I wish we could have had maybe one more season in, but still, um, his play definitely declined a lot more than I think people would like to admit that it did. He was really not scoring at all at even strength this season. Just did not really look this, like the same player on the power play either, honestly. I don't know if it's the fit in Arizona. You know, he also, like I said, he also could be getting older, but still, he definitely just was not the same this season, though, like I said, I still wish we could have gotten maybe one more season out of Kessel, and then I think he maybe looked to move him. But still, I mean, when you look at it now, I guess it all worked out. The Penguins now have Jason Zucker. They were supposed to get Jason Zucker 
in that trade for Phil Kessel. That would have sent Jack Johnson underway, but Victor Rask coming back with Zucker. So um, it all worked out. The funniest piece from that article, though, I'll, I'll spoil this, though, is basically Rick Tockett telling the Penguins, that, yeah, guys, Alex Galchenyuk is not going to fit your system. He's just not going to. He's going to carry the puck to the middle of the ice, which is what Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin hate, according to Josh Yowie. And, you know, sure enough, he did that, and he did not fit, and he was shipped out um, before the trade deadline. Yeah, he, he didn't even last a year in Pittsburgh because he was just not good at all. So, yeah, I mean, Rick talking, you know, he, he hit the nail on the head on that one. I will say that. We also saw some more Penguins players get uh, getting back to Pittsburgh for the, some of the more formal skates. I saw Patrick Marlowe was back. I think Tristan Jari was officially back. Um, I think Evan Rodriguez might be back, too. I think his um, congratulations to his wife. Um, she just had a baby, so congratulations to him and his wife on the birth of their new kid. Also, some big news as I'm finishing up this recording of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Some big news from Elliot Friedman. Um, so the NHL and the PA, they've been trying to agree to an extension for the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement. I believe it has two more seasons right now. I believe it's going to be about a three to four year deal. And in this article, Elliot Freeman says, from what I understand, as part of this agreement, if it's expected to pass, the NHL players will compete in at least the 2022 Olympic Games. And apparently there is a financial agreement with the International Olympic Committee. Apparently, uh, prior to the pandemic, Elliot writes, the IOC indicated that it would consider these incentives for the NHL and the PA to return to the Olympics after they did not go to South Korea in 2018. Apparently, he also said we're expecting some kind of clarity about the negotiations over the next few days. Um, it also, it's challenging to predict how the NHLPA membership will react. Yeah, I mean, that's just how the NHLPA is. But still, outstanding news if this passes. The NHL players will be back in the Olympics two years from now. That is absolutely monster news. Uh, we would finally get to see Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid on Team Canada. They will probably smoke everyone. But still, Russia's team would be sacked. I think Team USA, if they make the right moves, they have a lot of young talent. They could be really, really good as well. There's a bunch of countries, I think, with the talent that's come in the last few years that could be really good. But still, outstanding news. I thought I would leave you guys with some really, really uh, potential good news um, at the end of this episode. But still, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow or Thursday with another episode. Um, I still haven't decided which days. I am going out of town at the end of this week uh, for my mother's birthday. So I may try to just do t- uh, tomorrow and Thursday, then have uh, the day with my family on Friday. But, you know, it's still up in the air. So, um, like I said, thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. And we will talk to you all potentially tomorrow.